Good to have you back. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. Just kind of breaking down today what was said yesterday. And I want to do that. I want to, I want to go back to the top. I want to revisit this um, just to kind of reset things. And we got, uh, you know, we had a conversation with Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press Gazette. And I wanted to make sure I'm not nuts. And he's kind of saying the same thing to me. So we'll, uh, we'll replay that for you coming up. But um, Matt LaFleur was asked, you know, because he, he had said, hey, I, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to look at the film. I'm going to rewatch the game, yada, yada, yada. So he was asked specifically, did did you watch the game film multiple times since Sunday? Yeah, I watched uh, every phase last night and then came back in early this morning and rewatched it and then watched it with our staff. And, you know, same thing showed up and every time I watched it. So nothing new here, right? So, you know, as, as Matt LaFleur stated, this team has made – way too many mistakes what's disappointing is when you go out there and it's basic concepts doesn't matter what phase but basic install like day one install and we have self-inflicted communication errors and guys quite frankly not in the right spot i mean that's tough to watch guys not in the right spot communication errors tough to watch Same thing we've heard before. Same thing we heard last year. He said the one thing, I mean, if you want to deflect it a little bit, it it wasn't just the defense. It happened. It wasn't just on defense. There was some plays certainly on offense as well, and and it's unfortunate. And credit to Tampa. They took advantage of it going back through. One thing I'll say about Baker is he was letting it rip. He was very decisive and letting it rip. And I know there was a lot of wide open throws, but there were also some tight window throws that he was able to make the throw. So, okay, credit to Baker Mayfield for being able to make the throw. Then the next question is, let's let's be honest, will Joe Barry continue to call the plays for the Green Bay Packers defensively throughout the remainder of the season? Yeah, that's that is the plan. Why do you think? your defense in the best position to win these couple games? Well, like I said, I mean, if I thought that was the best solution today, then we'd make that decision. Okay. I I want to know what the best solution is uh, because, as Matt LaFleur said, time and again yesterday, it's a communication issue. When you're having basic communication problems and you're supposed to be in a certain coverage or a certain rotation and we're not getting that communication, that, that's what's so disappointing to me is the fact that it was poor communication. And it, it always starts with us. I mean, as it starts with myself and then it goes to all our assistant coaches. Okay. So, again, it's, it's being outcoached. It's coaching issues. Here we go. And... If they're not communicating and executing, going back to his argument of, well, if there's a better solution, I'd do it, you know, then why, if, if it's not working, then why keep Joe Barry around? Because I've seen us execute this stuff before. So, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened at this time of the year in such a, an important game. But I've seen us execute it earlier in the year and, or in previous games. So 
the the follow-up should be then why aren't they doing it now then then why aren't they doing it now you know that's the follow-up and my argument to matt lafleur's argument is your team is not the aggressor your team has taken it you, communication issues or not, go down. Why aren't you going down swinging? Why are you playing so far off the ball? Why are you playing back? Why are you playing passive? Why, why, if this team is so on the cusp of getting there and believing, and you know, why, why aren't they speaking up more? Why aren't they becoming more aggressive? To me, they take a dictatorial from you. If you're not going to make a change, you become more assertive, then why would you expect your team to do it? You know? And then Devondre Campbell tweets out that he's not going to play with the injuries anymore. He's not going to bust his butt like that anymore and not, not be blamed for it. I personally think it's more from within than it is the criticism from outside. Because if – and again – you know, and, and one of our callers, L from Philadelphia, called up and said, look, you can blame Devondre Campbell all you want, but that would be the same thing as putting Jair up on the line of scrimmage and saying go up against the left tackle. He can't do it. So why are you asking Devondre Campbell to go up against Chris Godwin? Godwin's got better speed, better hands, better agility, can get downfield. Why are you – why would you do that? You – that that doesn't make sense. Blaming Devondre Campbell is because you see the play. But then you have to step back and go, why are they putting Devondre Campbell on Chris Godwin? That's not what, a good matchup when Campbell that? is healthy and he's not. No, even healthy, he's that's not a good matchup. So why would you do that? I can't blame Devondre Campbell for that. You know? 877 877-867-1670. 1670, if you want to find us, uh, that's the phone number. Give us a shout. 877-867-1670. Uh, let's go to Tim listening to us in Arizona. Tim, how you doing, man? What's going on? Oh, not too bad, Bill. Uh, same with yourself listening to you. Uh, uh, since this, all this stuff started to blow up, I heard a couple of scenarios early this morning on CBS Sports where they were talking about, you had mentioned it a two hours ago, about the Packer organization moves very slow like an iceberg. Well, they mentioned something about the Pittsburgh Steelers organization wanted Mike Tomlin to fire Matt Canada, but Mike wouldn't do it. So that came from the top management to do that. They overstepped uh, Mike because he didn't want to hurt uh, Canada's feelings. So I was thinking then, since we're having all this trouble with Joe Barry um, and uh, in these last three games, what happens if we get beat Sunday by the worst team in the NFL or in any of these other two games after it, we get blown out like the um, uh, Chargers did back last Thursday. Uh-huh. And now, finally, my last point would be, are we starting to see the cracks of the locker room starting to open up slowly because like Rasul Douglas Jair Alexander, and now uh, the, the linebacker Campbell not wanting, well, let's just say tuning out either Joe Barry or uh, Matt LaFleur, and they're just not, uh, I just don't want to get blown out like that. And, and uh, it's just right. the idea that 
the heads would have to roll. So I'll let you go then. No, no, I appreciate it. Um, if they get beat on Saturday or on Sunday by Carolina, at that point, it doesn't matter what you do because then your season's over because you're not going to the postseason. Just ride it out, and then you know the last two games are just you know are are you just kind of see who's got pride, who doesn't, and you move on. But and at that point, I would have to seriously consider saying, Matt. You're done. You knew what was coming. You had opportunities. You knew we didn't want this guy. You kept him, and that I, I would I would fire Matt Lafleur as well. At the end of the season. Um. Let's just let's take it to the opposite side. Let's say they win the next three, and get in the postseason. You know Joe Barry's not coming back regardless. I think Matt LaFleur's focus at this point, and that's a great question because I I think Matt LaFleur approaches today as he Joe is dead man walking, and Joe knows it. Matt's taking the heat for him, and Joe knows it. So Matt's dictatorial is Joe – we got to go down swinging, unload the sink, man. Let these guys do what they do best. Just unload the sink. Let's get after people. So, and then I worry about my offense and I worry about my quarterback. Not hopping at the top of his drop, making throws, being stable, getting some of the guys back from injury and getting them back on the field and getting the offense right. If they win, then you have this life going into a rivalry game against Minnesota coming up on New Year's Eve where you're, you're, it, it means something. You've got two rivalry games coming up. It means something. And then that's your focus. But if you get beat by Carolina, or let's say you barely beat Carolina. You look bad, but you barely get, get by Carolina, and then you get drilled by Minnesota. The last game of the year, it's a wash. And the last game of the year, it is what it is. You're playing for pride. You get off the field. The buses are running. The heat's turned on. The cars are running. Guys are cleaning out lockers, and you move on. And you know at that point in time that you've got to make that walk to the general manager's office to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. But I think you are – you are today is today is the day I'm sure the coaches are in there's guys that probably took a day or whatever but I'm sure the coaches are in today's the day where you're like guys we're going down if we're going down we're going down swinging we want to win games we still have an opportunity here to keep the eye on the prize Joe you, you got to be aggressive let them play you got to be aggressive and maybe you talk to the guys maybe you have a meeting maybe you have a a meeting where, you know, your team heads out to practice, but your defense, you have a meeting with them. Say, hey, look, you, you guys have taken a lot of heat, a lot of criticism. Not all your fault. We know that. And this is what we're going to do. Last three games, we're going to cross the finish line on a high note. And maybe you turn things around. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to do because you're not firing Joe Barry. But if you get beat, if you get beat by Carolina – 
at that point, you have nothing left to lose. I'd fire Joe Barry right then and there. I mean, you don't have to because then your season's lost anyway, so just ride it out, I guess. But I think at that point in time, I'm just I'm getting getting done. Because every day, if you lose and you're not in the postseason, every day that you keep him around, he is drawing lightning fire. He is drawing the lightning fire from you. 877-867-1670. Uh, we're going to talk with our buddy Jim Ozarski when we come back. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have Jim Ozarski. Then we're going to get back into this bottom of the hour. Pete Doherty, you're going to hear that conversation coming up for the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Coming up after uh, after that. So stay right where you're at. we guys still got a lot left in the program. Stay right, stay right there. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. (laughs) Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2020. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show continuing on. Bucks back at it tonight. They're taking on uh, San Antonio. Uh, no Wemby tonight. He is out, but uh, nevertheless, you might get a chance to get a glimpse of him. But uh, the Bucks, who have uh, been winning at home as of late, four straight and six of the last seven, and uh, they're on quite the tear. And you've got Giannis breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time rebounding record and such, and uh, no more arguments over. Game balls, and let's talk about it. Jim Ozarski of the Journal Sentinel now joining us on the hotline. Jim, how you doing, pal? I'm good. I'm good. You know what, Bill? I'm I'm a little bit like some Bucks fans, I'm sure, who circled this date and bought tickets tonight to see Wembenyama. I mean, at seven four seven five, uh, he comes to town once a year, so I, I imagine it's a little disappointing. I, I look, Spurs are terrible, but. Uh, it would have been kind of cool to see to see that guy in person here in Milwaukee. To see him go against Giannis, to kind of you know see what right. exactly it is that he has. I mean, that's what I was looking forward to because he is. He reminds me of Giannis when Giannis first came into the league. He is tall. He is skinny. He's got to put on weight. He needs the muscle. But over a few years, you know, Giannis certainly bulked up and then becomes a dominant figure. You would assume when Giannis going to do that eventually, but. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him go against Giannis tonight. Talk about this team and the four-game win streak and what they're doing right right now. Yeah, it's uh, and, and I would say it's even uh, you know beyond that a little bit. You know that that was that loss in in Chicago, which is bad. And um, I, look, they they it's it's been led by the offense, Bill. Um, and I, I know talking with you, you know, in our previous visits, I said 
it was all about for me when Chris Middleton was playing a full boat of minutes and he's at 30 now. And I don't think it's a coincidence (laughs) that this offense has hit another gear bill last year. Look, the, the, the bucks went, they were 500 for like two months in a row. Chris was out. He returns. Now he's coming off the bench, but that was when the bucks ripped off 16 straight wins. Yeah. And you and I have year for years, Bill, we've talked about how for whatever reason Bucks fans don't like or appreciate Chris Middleton. And yet every year when he's available and healthy and part of it, this team goes to another level. And I believe that's what we've seen. And also Damian Lillard, uh, quite honestly, Bill, is finally settling in. He he told us the other night that this is usual for him that December is kind of when things click. He felt it was a little delayed because he played no pickup ball. He played no basketball as he waited for his trade. You know, he didn't want to get hurt. Um, so that, and even Chauncey Billups, his old coach in Portland had said that back when Portland came in a month ago, um, that, that Dame was a little behind the curve in that way. And then finally, Bill, um, you know, look, Giannis scored 64 the other night. He took three threes against the Pacers, but every other basket uh, came around the rim. And we haven't seen Giannis really attack the rim this way since his MVP seasons. Um, And I believe that's all related. That's all connected because Dame and Chris are out there creating this space and Giannis is finding ways to the basket. Um, And this offense really is just, it's not even fully clicking bill, but it's, it's pretty powerful right now. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to go back to Chris Middleton because you and I had talked about him last week, and I said, you know, he's the lightning rod. Guys are, you know, are kind of getting upset a little. Not the players in the locker room, but people are getting upset. They're wanting to see more of him. What can he do? Still coming back from injury, and now the minutes have been upped. He's playing well, and you, very quietly he's playing good basketball. He's hit a couple of big shots. He's still He's still got that soft three from the outside. The defense isn't necessarily there, but that's never been really his forte. But he's actually playing pretty good since coming back and really since his minutes has been extended. Yeah, and, and he has insisted throughout, Bill, that this offseason knee surgery um, not obviously was needed, but he's been healthy. He's been ready. We've seen that on the offensive end. Um, I, I, it's occasionally on defense. I mean, he looks better than he did you know, uh, against Miami when he just couldn't move laterally in the playoffs. But to your point, look, he's – we talk about Giannis and Dame's adjustments about star players and and shots and all those things. But Chris is the guy who is probably affected the most because he was a a 20-point-a-game scorer and the Bucs closer, right, all these years. He was the fourth-quarter guy. And now he's having to find this other role – and some of that is playmaking, Bill. I mean, he's he's averaged, you know, in the last, you mentioned the winning streak, his last five games, he's, you know, five assists. Uh, he had a double-double. He had 13 rebounds, a couple um, seven-assist games since then. Now the scoring, he's had two 20-point games. Um, and that's where I go with the offense. Like, I, I was curious, Bill, if there'd be enough shots for him to sort of stay in that 20-point-per-game range. Well, yeah, I mean, because the, the Bucks are just playing that well, and Chris is facilitating in a way, and, and you're right, Bill. The defense, look, it, it, he has lost a step. He's in his, what, 12th year? Uh, several knee surgeries in. 
but it is about offense with this team. And Chris is, yeah, he's playing well and he looks healthy. I want to go back to the game the other night against the Rockets. A couple of things stood out to me. First of all, it was a physical game. Giannis gets, you know, takes a fingernail to the wrist and he's bleeding on the court. Pat Connaughton takes an elbow to the nose and he's down and bleeding on the court and they got kind of beat up, but Bobby Portis is the first guy to be there and be physical. Has he kind of taken over that 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 junkyard dog guy mentality? Because I was looking at maybe a guy like Bochamp to do that or Crowder to do that, but Crowder's obviously been down. Bochamp's coming back. Has Bobby Portis kind of taken over that that dirty role? Yeah, it's interesting because you're right. Like, you go back to, you know, everybody talks about P.J. Tucker and, and that sort yeah. of mentality. And, and, and I think that the thing – with that was PJ also was put on other teams, better offensive players. So like, look, Bobby tries really hard on defense. Um, he's bet he's become a better defender since joining the Bucks. And I think Adrian Griffin is putting him in better spots. Like I think we, we see Bobby do some different things, but he's, no one's going to mistake Bobby for a great defender. As you mentioned, you know, Jay is that guy. They hope Marjan could be that guy. I think we're, Bobby's always had the that edge, Bill, but I think the way Adrian Griffin uses him defensively allows that edge to to play out. And what I mean is it's not just defending Giannis on a hard foul and getting texts, and, and it's not just, um, you know, being an offensive spark plug. I, I think Bobby can contribute to a defensive stop or a defensive series. And – you're right, Bill. Like add, like add that little extra to just the extra he already already brought, which was the energy and getting the crowd going and and kind of all the other stuff. Uh, I want to go to uh, the other night when Giannis brought the kids down, put them on the bench. I thought it was great. I, I didn't have a problem with it. Some people said, like, look, why is he doing that? It's showing up the other team. Uh, if other guys can't do it, why should Giannis? I mean, was there any issue with that? Uh, not, not that I'm aware of. I mean, look to your last question of why can he do it? I mean, because he's him, uh, right. you know, I mean, that, that's, I you hate to say it, Bill. And yes, Giannis is lovable and adorable and it makes dad jokes, but Giannis Yadakumbo is also an NBA superstar. Like he's one of, I mean, look, we could debate Embiid and Jokic and MVP stuff, but in terms of like, powerful, powerful NBA stars. It's Giannis, it's Steph, it's LeBron. Um, so Giannis can do what Giannis wants to do. <laughs> and if right. other teams have an issue with it, um, then that's their issue, and they'll have to take it up with him on the court, which we've seen teams try to do. But, yeah, I, I mean, in terms of that other stuff, I think that's just, look, this is um, the cost of doing business, and if it keeps him happy – uh, and the, the team doesn't mind. Obviously, I think if there was some sort of safety issue or security issue, the, you know, the Bucks would have interjected and made sure, you know, that the family's safe. Um, but, you know, he's the guy, and I don't really know right. what, what else to say about that. Right. Hey, I want to I touch on something that nobody talks about. Brooke Lopez last year I thought had a tremendous season. This year – he, not quite the same statistical season, but you talk about a guy that busts his ass, still hits from the outside, and just loves blocking shots. He's, you talk about an unsung hero. I mean, it, it, that, that's Brooke Lopez. Yeah, I, look, I, I voted for him for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Um, I, I still think it's mind-blowing he didn't win that. Um, 
And yeah, he, he has remained a premier, the premier shot blocker in the league bill, which is, I mean, he's 36 years old, right. you know, I, I mean, last year there were very real questions about, okay, he, he had the back surgery. He came back and played in the playoffs against Boston. Obviously he wasn't quite in shape, but what is he going to be like? You, you don't know a man that size having back surgery. And he has looked every bit of a 29 year old, a 30 year old bill. Well, at the, at the start of the season, when this didn't go right, when they were trying Adrian Griffin's defense and Brooke was out, he's switching on guards. He, he was the only Bucks player diving on the floor for loose balls. And I was like, on one hand, you're, you're, you appreciate the hustle, but on the other, you're like, this, this giant person should not be doing this. Um, and yet there he is. And every night, He's affecting shots. I mean, Billy, he's, he's leading the league in blocks again, um, having a tremendous season. Yeah, the offense, the offensive part was a revelation last year, I think. They needed that. Obviously, with Dame, his offense is now, he's what, the fourth option, um, which is yeah. a tremendous option to have. He had 39 earlier this year, Bill. So you're right. He is, Brooke has been worth the, the big, big money the Bucks paid him this summer. Now, I know coming up, we've got uh, back-to-backs on the 23rd and 25th. Both uh, the Bucks are in uh, New York at Madison Square Gardens and obviously that Christmas Day deal. Um, but are, does it make you raise an eyebrow when you got a back-to-back? Because we've seen this now with Indiana where you play a team in back-to-backs and suddenly it gets testy and chippy. And that doesn't excuse the fact that coming up on January 1st and then January 3rd, yeah. you've got Indiana at uh, home and away. So. You know, you, and you, they're back on the docket again. So you got you could have some testy games, physical games coming up with this team. Yeah, so you're right, Bill. So the 23rd and 25th in New York, and the tough part about those games are they're matinees, so they're noon, you know, uh, 11 Central, I want to say, so noon Eastern. So the schedule's funky. Um, now Christmas, I think the guys are going to get up for. It's Christmas in the NBA. It's at Madison Square Garden. That 23rd game could be tough. The Knicks are a tough matchup. The offensive rebound well. Jalen Brunson gives them problems. Obviously, the Bucks have won two games already in the in-season tournament against the Knicks, but they have yet to play there. So you're right about that. I think, I think the scheduling, the fact that it's a holiday, it sounded like from Adrian Griffin the other day that the Bucks are going to be bringing families out there so, so they all can do their holiday celebrations together. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I will put it this way, Bill. I'm, let's pin this. If, if the Bucks go 0-2 or 1-1 and maybe look bad in one of those, I, I don't know how much of that is basketball related. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I get it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But the first and the third, Indiana, home and away. Indi- oh yeah, that, that, that's a real deal type of thing to keep an eye on in terms of the, the, the emotions, the tempers, and obviously the carryover from what happened here uh, last week. Jim, always great to talk to you, pal. Enjoy the holidays, and we'll talk again next week, okay? All right. Sounds good, Bill. Talk to you then. All right, buddy. Talk to you then. There you go. Jim Ozarski joining us for a couple of minutes of the Journal Sentinel following the Milwaukee Bucks. Always checks in with us on Tuesdays. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. We talked with him a little bit earlier today about the Matt LaFleur comments from yesterday's presser. One, one, for those who didn't hear it in the first hour of the show, I want to let you hear it. want to let you hear it. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. Still two full segments yet to go. We'll be back coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show 
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Program. Glad to have you on board today. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on in this Tuesday. We'll get back to your phone calls coming up here shortly. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, joining us. And also, upon further review, the podcast with our uh, buddy uh, Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press Gazette as well. Pete, how you doing? Not too bad, Bill. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, give me your reaction to what you heard yesterday from Matt LaFleur. So... You know, right after the LaFleur's press conference on Sunday, I thought, man, he's leaving the door open to firing him, but push comes to shove, I don't think he'll do it. And then by the time I went to bed Sunday night, I'd kind of convinced myself, you know, maybe he will do it. And then he didn't. And I, I guess from what he said, my takeaway was he, he's unsure, he, he thinks – Barry, he's still better off with Barry than anybody else on his staff running the defense. That was, I guess that was what I came away from it thinking. I I thought he should have let him go. I think he would have sent a really strong, important message to, to the locker room and staff. Um, but he's in a play, you know, he, they still have a shot at the playoffs, you know, legit shot. And so I guess, I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do. But I, if I were him, I would have I would have made the move for sure. I, I, what I heard yesterday, and I played it back just a, a couple of minutes ago, what I heard was a coach now flailing. Um, he, I mean, to, every week you can't go up and say we've been out coached because then at some point you go, okay, we need to find a new coach. I mean, just, it, you can't keep saying that. And then when he keeps talking about communication, look, we're week 16. Communication gets worked out in training camp and after the first couple of weeks. You can't keep saying the same thing, having the same problems. And then when asked specifically, look, third and four, and guys are lining up seven, eight yards off the ball, and they're completing easy, complete. This was the stuff that drew, drove people nuts last year, and it's still happening. I mean, it sounds to me like he's a coach who's flailing at this point rather than being emphatic on, hey, we're moving forward. Yeah, you know, actually, and that the that's a good point about last year and like and the guys playing off because that's that that's been a complaint and he's been asked about that stuff going back to last season, and also the communication issues. I mean, they've come up. This has come up a couple times earlier in the season, and he's said, you know, these are communication errors. We got to get this corrected so it doesn't happen again. And he said that again yesterday, and it's like, well you know, it's already happened several times. So isn't that a coaching thing? And um, I, that's why I would, I would have made the move. I mean, even if, you know, you're concerned about whether you have anybody on staff who could do the job any better, I still, even if it's a concern, I'd still do it. Cause I just think you need to send that message to, uh, to everybody in the, in the locker room and, and to your coaching staff. I just think it would have been a, a really powerful message. And, who knows? You know, another bad game, and maybe maybe he'll he'll make the move if if they have another really bad defensive game. Well, it what, what's so interesting was they are are fighting for the top spot in their division and trying to win the top spot in the NFC. And Philadelphia made a change. They went to Matt Patricia. Now it didn't necessarily work last night, but they made the change to send the message. 
And this is a guy, like you said, they're still fighting for a playoff spot, and he's afraid to make the change. It, it, you know, the only thing that I can say, and I, I asked Mike Clemens this yesterday, I said, who would you have take over if indeed Joe Barry was fired? And Mike didn't really have an answer for that. Maybe that's the only reason he's hesitating in, in actually making a move. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. That's what the, that was kind of my takeaway from uh, the press conference yesterday. That was that was the thing that jumped out to me more than anything is he just doesn't think anybody else on staff uh, is ready or could do it. Um, and I don't know who it would be. I mean, Jerry Montgomery is the one who's been there the longest. Now they've had all these problems stopping the run, and he's the run defense coordinator. But on the other hand, the defensive line out of the three uh, the three lines of defense, you know, the line, the linebackers, and defensive backs, the defensive line played the hardest and had the best game this last game. So I don't know. I'm guessing he would – I'm thinking he would be the guy, but I, I agree. I mean, I it sure sounded to me like he kind of wanted to do it, but he just didn't feel good about how he could replace him. But I still think he should have done it anyway. Uh, which we both agree on. I want to go to the offensive side of the football and what I've seen now two weeks in a row. I, there's been more than a few missed throws by Jordan Love, and he's still talking about hops at the top of his drop back and you know some of the arm angles, and we get caught up in that stuff because when he does make a play, it's like, wow. I mean, the throw that he had to Jaden Reed and the toe tap in the end zone, that's amazing. But he's also missing some relatively easy throws on some quick out patterns that gives you first down and can move the sticks. I mean, was the, the two or three games we saw in the middle of the season, was that an apparition? Uh, because what we saw prior to that and what we've seen after that just hasn't been that good. Um, I think what he's done, even um, even in the last couple of weeks, I think what he's done is a lot better than what he was doing early in the season. And you're right, he's, he's still missing these throws. And the, the footwork is an issue, and it's got to be his project for the offseason. I still think it's a tough thing. You know, I, I, a really, really good basketball coach told me 30-plus years or 35 years ago that when you get in the heat of the battle and the pressure's on, guys revert to their old habits. That's why you have to ingrain really good habits in guys. And I, that's definitely the truth. And Love just has to drill this stuff and drill this stuff so it's just something he does automatically all the time so he's not missing throws like that one at the at the goal line. But – my guess is this is correctable. I mean, I think it's something that he can improve on. And the one thing he's got is the arm talent. You know, And maybe these issues will still be a problem, you know, three years from now. And that's why he doesn't pan out and end up being a winning quarterback in this league. But I, I still think there's a lot to work with with this guy. And if I'm the Packers, I'm still feeling, you know, pretty, pretty decent about, uh, about him and um, about him, you know, being the guy at least going forward for a couple of years here and, and giving him a run. What do you feel they do with uh, him at the end of the season? How big of a – I mean, I, I've heard anywhere from the Daniel Jones contract all the way down to let next season ride and don't make a decision until maybe midseason. What do you do with Jordan Love uh, at the end of the season, in your opinion? Unless he craters um, in these last three games, I'm giving him a – offering him a really nice extension. I can't remember what exactly what Jones got. I'm – Guessing they, you know, they could probably get Love to bite for something, you know, that averages between forty-five and fifty a million a year with a pretty substantial bonus, you know, like sixty mil or so, and the first couple years of salary is guaranteed too. And the reason I do it, there's several reasons, but one is, you know, if he keeps playing better and he keeps improving, 
it only gets a lot more expensive and, and he's, he'd be more apt to really try to milk every dime out of it if he feels like he played well enough and you, and you don't extend him in the offseason if you try to do it during the season or after next season, you know, then, and, and he's playing well, you know, he's, he's got the, he's got the leverage because you, you, you have to franchise him then. And that's a great starting point for negotiating a contract if you're the player, especially a, a quarterback. And it sends a real message of stability to the, to the locker room. You know, Hey, this is going to be the guy going forward. I think guys, I get, you get the vibe that guys really like him and feel, you know, feel pretty good about him. So that would be a good message to send. I get, I get why you, you know, some people would be hesitant because if you do it and he doesn't pan out and you get a Daniel Jones kind of thing, then you're blowing a lot of money. But I think the risk is a little greater that he'd, he'll play really well and then you've, you know, created uh, a lot bigger mess than, than you needed to. So I, I personally, unless he craters in the last three weeks, I'd be pretty strongly inclined to, to do something. They can't do it until May. Because that's when he did his last extension. You can only do one in a year, uh, one in a calendar year. But uh, I don't. That's my thinking. You might disagree, Bill, but that's that's my thinking. No, I I'm going to give him some kind of an extension. I just know that I'm not breaking the bank, um, not at this point, because like you said, if he craters out at the end of the season, it changes things. But if some of the same issues continue to raise their head, then I'm thinking to myself, he had three really good games. Uh, a good game against Chicago, and then had some really bad games along the way. I mean, it's not necessarily proven, so to speak. It's just a guy that you know can get some wins, has a lot of moxie, and I like that. But there's some issues there that definitely need to be fixed. We're talking with Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press Gazette, and also uh, host of the uh, Upon Further Review podcast. What do you make of Devon? Did you read Devondre Campbell's tweet today, by any chance? I did. Um, what do you what do you make of? I and mean, for those that didn't know, he said, "Not going out of my way anymore, and I'm not playing through the injuries anymore. Because when the blank goes wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everybody accordingly and giving them the same energy they're giving me. Focus on yourself and your mental 59. You owe it to yourself." So the thing I don't know is he's, is he talking about reaction that he's getting, treatment that he's getting from the coaching staff, or is he talking about? Uh, you know, public criticism and media criticism. I don't, do, you, do you know what he's talking about there? I don't. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because, obviously, he was, you know, matched. Here's the thing. We all know he was matched up on Godwin numerous times. I'm not holding it against him because I think the matchup was poor to begin with. So, to me, I'm not giving him, you know, crap for it because I would have never matched Devondre Campbell up on Godwin. So, I'm, I'm okay with that because I thought it was a bad move to begin with. Now, I take it more as maybe they're using it, you know, to kind of get in his rear end behind closed doors about not being able to keep up or or manage a guy like Chris Godwin. At least that's the way I'm taking it. That was that was my inclination too. I, you know, I just wondered if I maybe missed something that you know, some, a prominent story or something that where he was getting criticized. But that was that was my guess. And if that's the case, then uh, you know, he's we're starting to get some fracturing out there in the, in the right. locker room. And uh, that's, that's never good. No, I, I completely agree. And this is why I keep saying like, look, I, 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 Matt LaFleur sounded to me like a guy at the podium flailing, like he's trying to hang on to his job. It's not like being emphatic. It's not a Mike Tomlin, you know, this pounding the table, you know, type of machismo thing. This is a guy that's deflecting a lot of issues and keeps coming back to the, we got to coach, we got to correct that. That's the stand pat answer. I got to look at the film. And I, I get it. A lot of coaches say it, but 
at some point you gotta you gotta you gotta bust out some honesty and say, look, these are some of the problems we're having, and and this is something that I'm responsible for. But you know, if Matt Lafleur is going to go down because Joe Barry is losing guys defensively, Rasul Douglas spoke out and he's gone, and they keep insisting it wasn't you know part of uh, anything that he had to say. But this was the guy that said, this guy comes down, flips things over, doesn't explain it, and we're all lost. Like what the hell are we doing? This is something we've heard before, Pete. The only the only thing that um, that I'd push back on there is I don't think Lafleur's job is at all in jeopardy. Um, you know, even if they were to lose the last three, I think the only thing that could cost him his job this this off season is if there's a fracture in his relationship with the GM and the president. Um, and as long as because I you know I think both of those guys know they put Lafleur in a really tough position by going as young as they did with both the new quarterback and, you know, at receiver and tight end. I mean, that's just, that was even tougher than I would have guessed uh, going into the season. And um, so I, they know that and they've got to feel good about, you know, the, the development of the quarterback and how he's handling that. So I don't think his job is in jeopardy unless things fall apart between him and Gutekunst and, and him and, uh, and him and Murphy. So that's, you know, I really don't think he I, – I think he thinks there's nobody on staff who could do – who he trusts doing that job, which I think you could say is an indictment. Uh, I saw somebody who actually tweeted this, Tom Oates did, uh, used to work at the State Journal. It's an indictment of the, the staff that there's nobody who he thinks is – you know, could take over in an interim capacity um, where he'd feel good enough about it, where he, where he could make this move that he should make. Always great to talk to you, Pete. I appreciate it. And, uh, boy, the saga continues. God, what what the hell happens if they lose to Carolina on Sunday? Oh, my goodness. I, I know. it's uh, This this league is so week to week. Things. I mean, this season has turned a couple times over already. Who knows what's in right. store these final three weeks. Absolutely. Good stuff, buddy. I appreciate it, okay? All right. Thanks for having me, Bill. Always good talking so- with you. You too, buddy. Talk to you soon. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, and the uh, the uh, the podcast that is upon further review that he does with Eric Baranchek. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he, like he said, it is, it is an indictment of the staff. Uh, and Tom Oates is true. It's an indictment of the staff. You don't have anybody else that can call plays. And sitting up there and deflecting. There you go. Deflecting is just. I, I, again, you kind of say, you know, yeah, things just, uh, you, you hope for the best this week. Let's do that. Let's hope for the best this week. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231-2023.
Welcome back. About a minute to go before we have to get out of here. Good stuff today. Uh, we'll get to a lot of the emails tomorrow. I got a lot today that I want to get to. Also, a lot of the comments over on the live stream. We'll get back into that coming up tomorrow. We're going to hear tomorrow night. Uh, we have the Bill Michaels huddle back at it, and we'll hear Matt LaFleur is going to go back to the podium. Obviously, we're going to hear from Jordan Love and then anybody else inside that locker room. I don't think we'll hear from Devondre Campbell, but you never know. We'll find out. But uh, nevertheless, it was kind of an interesting day uh, in Green Bay. It's interesting that, by the way, that that came from Campbell because we talked about with Mike yesterday. Devondre Campbell doesn't like talking; he keeps he to himself. Speak. Yeah. So I think it speaks extra loud that he was the one to tweet something like that out. Yeah, he wanted to get that message out for whatever reason, and uh, hopefully he expounds upon it. But uh, I kind of doubt it. I think that's what he wanted to say. So uh, we'll we'll you know hear more from inside the locker room coming up tomorrow night as well. So. Uh, looking forward to that on the Bill Michaels huddle and uh, all that kind of good stuff. So I, anything else that we maybe missed today? Is there something off the top of our head that uh, we didn't uh, necessarily cover? I know the return of John Morant is uh, coming up fast and furious after his uh, altercations and gun brandishing and such. But other than that, is there anything we really missed? Corbin Burns went on foul territory with Kratz and Rosenthal and those guys and basically said he's not paying attention to trade rumors and he wants to hit free agency. So he's basically telling whatever team that trades for him, yeah. I'm going to wait. I, I want to measure my value. So I don't know if that impacts his right. value in a trade. Maybe something worth paying attention to. Yeah, there we go. Talk more about that tomorrow, too. All right, good stuff. Another both Fast and Furious today. Another one in the books. Great stuff. Time for us to get out of here, though. We'll talk again in 20 hours. Until then, have a good one. Hoop!